Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. I'm feeling old school here. I mean, I've been waiting to have uh, this gentleman back in studio here with me. And we may spend the entire hour. We, we may be spending the entire hour just talking about how much I love having him in my life. And it is uh, it's so exciting. Let's let's go all the way back six years. Yeah, and we we still have the picture on the wall. Yeah, it was my birthday, May eighteenth. Levi Park and I, you and I, I, I brought you guys Krispy uh, Kreme donuts? donuts. No, I brought them. Okay. I brought, are you kidding me? The show I was getting to do because it was my birthday. <laughs> Andrew Tallman, you weren't a regular host. Was uh, was uh, on vacation? I think was that right? But he was on vacation, Tell and as my back. own birthday present i hosted his show and i had you on and levi and you didn't really know me i mean you didn't i mean you know kind of passing in ministry or whatever but didn't know me and then lo and behold how you know it wasn't that long after that it was july of 2011 yeah that i started doing this show daily and then very shortly you were the second regular segment it was uh, Alan and Paulie Heller. Uh, then you. Why did they beat me? And then, and then I it was them, it too. was you and Elisa Keaton almost about like oh, the same okay, week. Good, good. And now God has you and Elisa hooked up with the we're hiking the hiking we're rim hiking. to rim again, and uh, done so many other. Isn't it amazing if you just think about all the different uh, threads that God weaves us together into this beautiful tapestry that seemed totally separate. Because, you know, you're good friends with Alan and Polly's daughter from, yep. you know, young life. And then, you know, she's in the, and then Elisa through this program and then Hope Fest. And it's like, who would have thought, how does God say, you know what would be a really good thing to do for a homeless outreach? Let's do physical fitness. <laughs> I thought it was a good idea. And, but who, who who thinks of that, though, yeah, right? I'm not. I'm you know, not but, right. you know, Elisa gets pushed into that and. Now it's like a big part of their uh, their yeah. love. It's part of what we raise money hiking. Yeah, and and God is. Did uh, you introduce me? I don't care. If I don't people if people enough. know you or not. What is this radio? Well, I'm Doug Ducey, Governor. <laughs> it's good to be back. See, there's a, I am Donald Trump. There's an inside joke. He is in town today, and you guys both have great hair. So. Uh, but Billy Thrall. You're fine. Whoa, whoa, See, whoa, I was bull- I was building this all the way up. If you if you're gonna poke, I'm gonna poke back. We back up about my hair. I'm and just Donald saying, Trump's. if uh, I got, I'm loaded for bear here, buddy. So if I you're gonna it, poke, I'm gonna poke have back. Hillary's hair. <laughs> just throwing it out. Uh, you saw the two cutouts we have out in the yeah, lobby. Right? Scare me. Our, <laughs> the number of times that I've done, I've you know, just walking in, you know, four thirty in the morning. He's tall, and he's kind of tall. Kinda looks like Chewbacca, and, just, and he's in different places throughout the studio. Or, you know, throughout our, our suite, and it, it's, it'll yeah. catch me out of the corner of my eye. And I'm like, because <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one here that early. Uh, anyway, our sister station has this big event coming up uh, next month, September 8th, and that's going to be we're, – we're using them to display the T-shirts. <laughs> we're, they're selling T-shirts that are really, Green really funny. Green Party feels left out. They're really, really funny. Uh, we're going to have Bill Clinton. 
uh, as well. And, and he's going to have a T-shirt on. Yeah, I think we crushed that first segment. It was pretty good. It went quick, didn't it? Yeah. I told you, it's nothing. I'm just so excited. That's <laughs> so fun to, to be Billy back here. Billy in here just to have fun. <laughs> Brings me joy. Donuts. Brings me joy. We, uh, we do have some serious content. We do. Uh, and that might actually make it to the airwaves when we return. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. You're listening to Coin in the End. Break needs to be longer so we can do more catching up, because you know there's the off mic catching up that has to happen, and then there's the on mic catching up that has to happen, and I just need a little more off mic time. So we'll we'll get to that in 13 minutes or 12 and a half. Billy Thrall, you got to tell us what you're doing now. I mean, let's start there. We'll do a little background bio, but I know you're excited. You've been trying to get me to attend this event, yes, in New York for yeah. like the last three years. Uh, too much backstory, so let's just get to this cool thing. Uh, I've been asked to help lead Movement Day Arizona. Movement Day is about 20 years old in New York City. Uh, at, they've had 10 conferences, but 20 years ago, Tim Keller, who many of you probably know, and Mac Peer, who is a theologian and an engineer kind of brain, got together and basically asked each other, how would we know that the church is impacting Manhattan? Mm. How would we measure it? So they started Movement Day just for Manhattanites and came up with some things about family and marriage and church attendance. And now they expanded Movement Day to where this year in October, there's going to be 5,000 people from 70 countries because this conversation around cities and what God's doing in cities and 5 million people get added to cities every month in the world. And so they've been talking about that. So that they've asked me and the team of people here have said, why don't why don't we do a movement day in Phoenix? We're calling it movement day, Arizona, because we love Tucson and Yuma and Flagstaff and the reservations and all that. But that's what I'm doing now. I'm week two. (laughs) (laughs) And now the exciting thing about this, I was involved in some of the early meetings um, about bringing this here. It's another indicator. And you and I have had this conversation for five years that God is up to something here. Uh, we've seen it. We have seen it uh, through City Serve and Hope Fest, through a lot of other things that are that are. 2017 in Phoenix is going to be a pretty incredible year. Well, there's a lot of things we could say, but here's the one I'll say first. Mac Peer, who runs Movement Day in New York City, has been in a hundred cities in the last three years around the world, and he said to us. God's doing something big in these three cities, London, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. And we're like, what? And, and, and they've had Movement Day in Dallas, by the way. They've had some other cities. And he goes, there's just something happening. God's doing something in Arizona, and we want to partner in what God's doing. So I didn't go initiate Movement Day for Arizona. Right. But the world is kind of watching what's happening here. I think we've prayed. I've said this many, many times. 
uh, I w- when I was a pastor, I would just pray that could Arizona be famous for Jesus? Mm-hmm. We've been famous for the a lot of stuff, stuff in our history. Weird st- I mean, in fact, you know, there are times when dealing with relatives. Yeah, that's Arizona. I have stories that because is... my in-laws are in North Carolina. Yeah, and so that's okay. All that to say, I, if we try to control it, it will break. But if we let God do it and we hop on, I know that sounds super trite, but it does need shepherding. Mm-hmm. So God is has shepherds. There's a lot of people and a lot of networks and a lot of cool stuff happening in Phoenix, but we're in it. Yeah. For someone from outside us who's been around the world saying, you guys are doing something, I, I actually can't get him to answer what that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that he doesn't know. Um, but I think we have intense relationships of care. I think we uh, love each other well. I was with Bill Hybels was in town uh, last year with some of the pastors, and he has been everywhere, and he's never seen that many pastors taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. So some, God's doing something in our city, and we have the opportunity to sort of formalize that, crystallize that around a conference, but more around now a daily conversation about what does it look like for God to move here. The reason I had you and Levi on to talk about um, city the, Fest. the City Fest was because I was at one of the early meetings, Not, and I wasn't, I was the station engineer here. I hadn't been on the air for five years at that time. You know, I was doing some morning stuff. You know, you never get completely away when this is kind of like your life's calling. But there were over 150 pastors in one room, and I was so excited yeah. because I've been in uh, Christian radio here since 1987. I had never, much less working together, I'd never even seen that many pastors in one room together. And now through the radio station, I got to host 300 pastors at the Pastors Appreciation Lunch last year. We're expecting to have 400 pastors in the same room with Jim Daly from Watch Focus out. on the Family, you know, next year in April. That kind of stuff, that's exciting to me because I've always prayed. Because I came from Tulsa, Oklahoma in the 70s and 80s. You know, that was like the jewel in the buckle of the Bible Belt for charismatic you know, church growth. And, you know, yes, there were some horrible stories coming out of that too. But, you know, there was one common denominator, and that was that people, pastors, churches, they were looking to each other to say, you know, what can we do to serve the community? Um, I, so let me just say, ask this. How will we know God does it? Mm. Uh, I've been asking that question since I went to Movement Day six years ago in New York, because I, I want to look through Scripture you know, how, how do we know God did it? Not just people got together right. and pulled it off or things aligned or whatever. If you look in the past 2,000 years, how do we know God did it? I don't, I'm, I'm trying to answer that question. I think I have some symptoms of when God did it. And one of those is unity in the church. That's not the only thing, but something happens when God shows up. And we're not uniform. We're not the same. It's okay to be different in our worship, but we come together. And it's like we do a massive DNA test and we find out we're actually, we're all cousins. And that is what I think when God shows up, that's one of the things that happens in history because the title on my church building, the title on my nonprofit or my radio station or my t-shirt 
is stupid when Jesus shows up. And now we're just like, Jesus is here. We're together because Jesus is here. And Paul talks about that. You know, you guys are making all these camps. Stop. There's hmm. only one camp. And I, that's one of the things you're referring to, as, as I think the church has been unified despite ourselves you know, right. in Arizona around some initiatives. <laughs> some of our best efforts to separate ourselves into Baptists or Charismatics or this church or that church. But just like, you know, what Jeff Gokey was doing with the, the worship. Next one. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 11, these kids, 11, 11. I mean, they were kids at the time. They're not kids now, but 11, 11. Yeah. That was an incredible prayer effort in connecting with schools. Just kids going, I think I'm supposed to go ask if we can pray for them. And for 24 hours. rented out the gym and filled it up and prayed for 24 hours and blessed the school. Yeah. I know. And now we've got School Connect that's growing. Yeah. We have, uh, you know, sir, uh, Serve the City. We have, you know, City Fest. That was uh, huge. City Serve and Hope Fest. Yep. One of the most beautiful things, you know this, uh, for the, the several years there, we just sat back and marveled at the fact that you didn't know where, what church that person was from. Right. You didn't even know if they went to church right. necessarily, but you knew that Jesus was serving and mending hearts in that building. One of the fun parts about Hope Fest, and I think it hopefully symbolizes what we're talking about, Friday for setup day, we let people wear their shirts. So ASU Medical School, you Medical them, School. Yeah, please yeah. wear your shirt. You know, Salvation Army's got your shirt on. Everybody's got their shirts on. Churches wear their shirts. When, when game's on, and we open the doors for the guests on Saturday, for the vulnerable people who show up, we're all in Hope Fest shirts. And you might say, well, Hope Fest is a brand. And I go, yeah, maybe it is. But in the same way, I hope that's – we've had people say, we're not going to come volunteer unless our church can logo at that event. And I go, well, Sorry. you're going to have to do a different event. That's right. Even though you have a lot of volunteers. Uh, but that's – I think that God – God that's a – God tells us to do that. Yeah. God says put – get rid of your division. Uh, God, Paul commands it. You know, that's enough of that. And I, and I, I just think when God moves, our silos look silly. Our independence looks dumb. And that, not that movement day has to describe that for me, but that is one of those symptoms that I think when I look at what God shows up in our, in Phoenix, Mm -hmm. you've been here a long time, me too. Um, when I watch unity in the church, by the way, um, catastrophes force unity. Yeah, My wife's been to Haiti twice right after the earthquake. Nobody in Haiti is going, hey, now wait a second. Uh, what Hold denomination on. are you from? What organization are you from? No, it's like there's a bunch of kids under that building. Let's go get them. And if we can remember that we're kind of that every day, the church is on mission every day, you know, this holy huddle looks stupid. We have to unify in the mission together. And that these are the conversations that you and I have a lot. A lot of people are having, but we have an opportunity to kind of take it to the next level, focus our efforts, and that's what I'm excited about being back in the. Another thing that uh, I've delighted in seeing happen is you know you have especially this year you know, your uh, power left, your power yeah. right politically, um, separation of church and state. You have all of these rules, these things. We can't do this. We can't do that. But you have some kids going in saying, hey, can we pray for your school? And the school goes, I don't believe in that, but I know a difference happens. Something happened, and I want more of that. And now there's a trust that started to build. 
churches showing up not to take over, right. how can we help? And then we've had the conversation in this room. Sometimes that means soccer on Saturday morning right. just showing up and sitting in the stands and screaming your head off. So another symptom of when God shows up. So if one of them is unity, another one is the poor and the least and the lost get attention because that's the mission. Um, we, didn't, we weren't asked to build buildings. Buildings are fantastic. But we're asked to build buildings because there's people who aren't in them yet. There's, there's families who aren't in yet. And so if we can keep remembering that, that's another thing that God does. God, God finds the people on the margins and brings them to the head table. It's like see parables about this, mm-hmm. right? And so that's, what, that's the Jesus economy. So the Jesus economy, when we get in touch with Jesus, I mean, he had to constantly tell his disciples, I'm not building an empire that you can visually see here. Well, yeah, but when are you going to be king? Right. I am king. When are you going to deliver I'm, I'm us? king of a kingdom you can't see, see, or you can and not the ways you thought. And I think it's that unifi- unified church, big C church, to serve those who aren't in yet. That's when God, that's when we have this holy moment. Yeah. Amen. And we've got a lot of great organizations here that uh, are just transparent in serving, and it's pretty exciting to see. We're going to talk more. Billy Thrall, Movement Day. You're going to hear more more about it. 2017 is going to be a huge year, and that's one of the reasons I'm so very excited. We've got some, well, we've got some exciting things coming up here on Koinonia. And, you know, we could talk about the fact that God gave me the idea for this show two years before I ever went on the air, and it was all about community. How did I know, right? (laughs) That wasn't my thinking, that's for darn sure. We're going to be right back. This is Faith Talk 1360, KPXQ. I've got the big grin on my face because Billy Thrall is in studio. (laughs) It's just, I don't know how else to describe it. There are some people that just affect you that way. Billy is that for me. <laughs> Thanks. There, there's a couple of times. Let, let me just reminisce with you just a couple of We met radio-wise on my birthday over Krispy Kremes. How does it get better than that's, that? That's, that's the highlight. And we're, and we're talking about unity. We were at Disneyland. Right. And, we're, we're, and we were talking about unity uh, in the church. That's the reason you were here. Uh, the name of the program, Koinonia. Now, granted, I got Koinonia from the understanding way, way back. But when God gave me the idea for this show, I was two years removed from even being on the radio. I didn't know if I would ever be on the radio again. But God gave me this plan, so I I wrote it all down. And sure enough, he had a plan for that. And then this next piece happens, and then this next piece happens, and I'm just like, wow, this is really cool. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about. How do you know that God's in it? And one of the ways you know when God's in it is when it comes to you. You, you, if you're, you. If you're striving to try to make this mission happen, to make your ministry go, to raise money for this or for that, it's not—there's a striving. Yeah. And if you're striving— the yoke is not easy, and he's promised that the yoke is going to be easy. Now, that doesn't mean that whatever it is you're doing, you're, you're not supposed to be doing, but you're not supposed to be striving at it. And it takes a, a humility on us to say, you're right, it's not my, you know, it's, it's not my 
right to grab hold of the steering wheel or to put my foot on the pedal. Uh, I'm here to serve first, and I've seen that happen. This show has taken on very a lot of different versions over the over the five plus years I've been doing it, but I've seen. God put together people that were guests that I had no idea, that they didn't have any idea, that they were supposed to know each other. You've brought people in that met somebody that was in the segment before, that they needed to know each other, and God just made it happen. And we could have worked for months and weeks and right. years even and not made those connections. Uh, I'm thinking about the word perspective. And I'm thinking about uh, people I know who are elderly and know they don't have much time on this planet. And some of them are miserable to be around because they still have a bad perspective. Some are beautiful and full of love and hands off and don't need to have an agenda because they kind of see that their time, they see the perspective of their life. I, I, God doesn't let us do that for some reason. We, but, but I want to be more like that second category where I want to be able to say, you know what? God, God's got this. I don't have to prove myself. Mm. Perspective. You know, it's impossible to tell a 13-year-old, don't hang out with your friends. Like, that's impossible. Don't be influenced by them. Don't do what the friends are doing. It's imp- that's what 13-year-olds do. But an 83-year-old probably has a little more permission in their life to go, you know, that's a bad choice. Well, they got perspective. Yeah. They, they live some life. That, I think, that wisdom and the, the discernment, we just pray, God, can I have a little bit before I should have it? Mm. Because when I get that perspective about things, then I'm freed up. Uh, I don't have to defend my thing. I can have the attitude of those lovely people who I know have lived some life, and they actually feel like they're on my side. Yeah. And versus trying to still defend their story or make a legacy that isn't true. And that's one of the most exciting things I think that can happen is you have three generations working in the same direction. Yeah. You have perspective, those people that have the wisdom, have the experience. You have our generation that uh, we're kind of the doers, but, you know, we don't. We don't have all the energy. <laughs> it's like, you know, right? 50, I don't know about you, but 52 hit me hard. <laughs> and we're just a month apart on that. So it's like, it hit me hard, right? I'm 53. But the then that younger generation, they're actually listening a little bit. Can I tell you something crazy? They're listening. Listen to something you probably don't know since I saw you last. I'm a grandpa. Yeah. So, and here's something crazy. My grandma's still living. So, so we took a picture of five generations. Wow. I'm in the middle. I can't believe I'm in the middle. I kind of want to <laughs> be toward the lower end. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about that. You know, my granddaughter's only three months old. And yet, you know, my son's 28. So I go, I can't tell my 28-year-old what my grandma knows. But, but I wish he could know. Yeah. I wish he didn't. And same, but same thing with me. I'm on this perspective. So, yes. Um, here's the mistake. The mistake any of us can make is to think where we're at is where everyone should be at. Mm. What I'm going through is what we should all go through. No, I, I, I hope I can hand off pretty quick to those behind me, but I also have a little piece of me going, yeah, but don't forget those that went ahead, even of me. 
Yeah. And my grandma's amazing. She's 98. I don't know if I said that. You know, she, I mean, I said 93. She's 98. And she's sharp. And she's been loving Jesus for a long time. And so, for, you know, she'll be watching the news. And I go, Grandma, what do you think? And she goes, you know, God's got this. God's got this. And I go, that's the number one thing that I she's hear probably, from. I don't know how many times she's voted. Think about it. Yeah. Um, I remember realizing <laughs> yesterday, I was thinking, she knew people who lived during the Civil War, right? And her perspective on things. So how can I glean from that? But also, you're right, the energy and passion that comes from the generations behind us. I'll, I'll tell you one other piece of that. Um, lots of times people say, Billy, what do you think is the temperature of the church in Arizona? Um, what's a, it's probably a loaded question. They probably have an agenda and want me to agree with it. So, uh, but let me just answer it this way. I go, you know, uh, the church is beautiful because it's Jesus. It's also messy because it's human. But I have great hope because of the generation behind you and I. Um, I some of the best leaders that I know in Arizona are in their 30s and early 40s. And they're going to do it better. Yeah. But I hope they listen to the guys who are in their 70s and 80s. Not to do it like those guys did it, but to learn how did you handle these crises? How did you keep it about Jesus? Mm -hmm. And if they didn't, you know, let's mute that button. And that's, that's the other piece that I look at what God's doing, I think, in Arizona, is we have, a, we have networks of networks. We have relationships with these five generations sitting in the room, being friends, talking it through. There is division, but we don't want to harbor that. Mm-hmm. We, we're okay with being different than one another, and yet let's just say I've, I've been in the room. You've been in the room with multiple pastor levels, leader levels, business leaders, um, school leaders, parent leaders, and I go, wow, we actually have a chance here to change the way the church functions because we're listening to each other. I'm encouraged by the younger generation coming up. In my own church, there's a transition going on with the senior pastor, and I'm so excited. You know, the, the, it, the guy, he's 20, 20 plus years younger than me. He's this, cool it's going to be the first time in my life that my quote-unquote spiritual authority as is designed in, you know, the yeah. way the church is designed to run functionally, it's going to be younger than me. Wasn't born when you graduated yeah, from Yeah, that's school. right. <laughs> and I couldn't respect him more and couldn't right, be exactly. hungrier awesome, for Tom. what he has to show me. And of course he's going to make the mistake that sure. a 40-year-old is going to make. Care. And we don't care. Why? Because, I don't even care. Because we know God's God's, I know where his heart is. That's what it is. I've told you this story before. I had the chance to go to the country of Turkey, and I was actually on the plane going to Turkey with some people from our church before I actually thought about why I was going. Mm. Just kind of got on the, the, we're all going, you know, ha ah, here we go. And so I get on the plane. George Miley was a good friend, and I go, George, what are, why are, we, what are we doing in Turkey? And he goes, well, just so you know, 0.0001% of the people are Christian in Turkey. I go, wow. And then he goes, but it's where the church started. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, all that's right. What we call modern day Turkey is we're all. We've got a trip, footsteps of the apostles. (laughs) So I'm sitting on this airplane flying over there going, well, then where'd it go? Yeah. Wait a minute. The churches the apostle Paul planted went away? That's not very encouraging to me. And George and I had this conversation for a couple hours as we flew over there to go, what what keeps church alive? What kills it? I'm not going to give all those answers here. 
but really interesting conversation. At some point, the old guys got to say, young guys, here's the baton. And we mean it. There's not a string attached to the baton. I'm going to zip it back and get it from you when you're halfway yeah, down the track. I don't agree with that. I'm behind you. And I think that's another piece that I'm watching here is are we willing, am I willing, are we all willing to say to the ones behind us, it's yours. Yeah. What do you need to thrive and succeed? And that is powerful. And you were talking about perspective. How about the Miley's? Exactly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow, what an incredible example of that is and how God's doing. Wow. Do you just sometimes go, man, how can there be so much that God's doing that I even get to know about that is just both heart-rending and heart-mending at the same time. You know, again, perspective time-wise was generational. I'll tell you another perspective is I hiked Shabut this morning, training, yeah. training for the hike. Rim to rim. There's, there's a different perspective also up there on the mountain. And I can drive in my car and be frustrated and come out of a bad meeting where somebody was mad at me. And so I'm in my bubble of perspective, my world. And then I go get on the top of Shabut and there's Phoenix. And you see it different. It's not just me and my bubble of my frustration and my joy, whatever my thing is. It's, no, here's six million people yeah. who are all in their bubbles, but God sees it that way. Mm-hmm. God sees the individuals, but he wants to bless our city. He wants to bless the mass. And that actually that happened this morning for me. I go, I needed that perspective mm. today because I got into my little groove again. And yeah. boy, my groove so whatever it is. And yet to be kind of pulled up to the top of the mountain, which I think often Jesus gave sermons from mountains. He loved it. Because of the perspective it gives. It's like, hey, look around you. See it different. You're kind of stuck in your bubble. I want to expand your horizons. Pick me up over the fence. You know, I use that metaphor a lot where we think our backyard is all there is when we're three. And then (laughs) somebody picks you up and you're like, we have a neighbor? Yeah. And that pick up over the fence is another way that God's perspective changes our perspective. I was just reminded of the fact that I prayed for you and your lovely wife January 1st. Thank you. From the top of the mountain. (laughs) 7.20. Thank you. Because I looked over and I said, ah, that's where the thralls live. And then I started praying for you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're absolutely right with that. Thank you. Yeah. And and, in other neighborhoods, you know, you can see from yeah, you know, University of Phoenix Stadium all the way to Sun Devil Stadium, right? And they're all loved and beloved. Perspective, perspective. Boy, it's good stuff. This is Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Again, the breaks are not long enough because we just have more catching up to do. We've talked about Movement Day. We've talked about your involvement. Uh, We haven't talked about what Movement Day actually (laughs) tangibly is. Now, it's going to have different uh, overall flavors, but am I safe in saying as a just a, a covering statement, business, government, and church, Big C, working together? Yes. It's strategic, though around how can we together, so I would all those sectors you just described are the church. So it's the church at business, the church at school, the church, whatever. 
those people getting together and saying, how can we impact our city for the gospel? So it's not, it's, I mean, it's not just prayer. It's not just unity. It's not just being in the room. Those are all great. It's so that to what end? Mm. And so New York has some measures. Uh, Dallas has had a movement day for four years. London's this year. Port-au-Prince, we're next year. Um, I will give you a little backstory about Dallas, and, and I'm going to keep it general because not all of this is public information. So they've had four – this will be their fourth movement day in Dallas using the same brand out of New York. And one of the things that was important to them was racial reconciliation. Mm. So for three years, they've had pulpit swapping where African-American pastors have been preaching in white churches and Anglos and have been wow. preaching in Hispanic churches. So we have the tragic shootings. Yeah. Um, who do the mayor of Dallas and the head of the police call? Yeah. The Movement Day guys in yeah. Dallas because they've been working and praying toward these reconciliation things. It matters. Mm-hmm. It matters what we pick to be about. It does. It matters. It does. And so Manhattan has, I think, the 500% increase in church attendance since they've been tracking for Movement Day. It's some crazy stuff's been going on. The whole world's kind of coming to New York in, in a month or in October. But for Arizona, I want us to see this matters. It is a progression. God's been building things. But what we pick to talk about at our movement day and then the movement days every year after as we measure our impact, it's going to matter. I'm going to say it the other way. Um, My good friend Chuck Foreman, who's a pastor at First Christian, said when he was the first senior pastor, he asked, if our church left this neighborhood, would anyone care but us? Yeah. That's the key, boy. So— if the church evaporated from Phoenix, would anyone care? I hope they would care. Mm-hmm. But what are the things we want them to care about missing? Let's then flip it to the positive and say, let's pick some things that we are together about solving or being all in on. I have some biases based on some of the things I've done in my life, but I'm listening Mm-hmm. I'm listening to other leaders. I do think racial reconciliation is a big thing here. That's come to the surface here. Um, the foster care crisis is hey. bumbled to the surface here. Yeah. Uh, schools and getting them connected to churches and so on and so on and so forth. Marriage. Um, I think for me, I think it's probably the marriage. I, yep. I, I'm on board all those issues. Of course. Absolutely. But me personally, it's like here's where there's a piece I can play. Well, and I so I'm not picking four. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick 20. Right. And we hope our Movement Day Arizona, maybe we're down to the 15 really strategic ones. And we'll have speakers and it'll be a conference kind of day. But really to say, how do we start measuring this impact now? How do we measure that the church came together to change the marriage conversation in Arizona? Um, another thing I will add, when I talk to people younger than me, the millennials, uh, they, they need it to matter their faith needs to just needs to matter. And what I keep saying to them is I said, help me think up river. You know, we're pulling bleeding babies out of the river, but why are they coming down the river bleeding? Um, And they, that's, they are wired for that. So what are the metrics? What are we going to look at and say, we started, we were looking up river, buddy, my Dallas Cohen actually started up river ministries, right? Mm. So he's kind of thinking that way already. And that is what, what can we do? The church, how can we jump in? Let me say another piece to that. This is hard. We're not going to pick things that we already do. Yeah. We're not going to do the low-hanging fruit. We could. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, we were already doing this, and we measured it, and we're Let's, awesome. Uh, we, take credit for it now. It was absolutely zero sacrifice, mm-hmm. and nobody knew was added to the kingdom. Uh, but 
if we're going to listen to the heart of Jesus and say, go to hard places, pick the hard people, pick the, the challenge, the marginal ones. Um, again, that banquet illustration that Jesus talks about. It, we already had a banquet. We set out the invitations and none of the people came. And Jesus says, I know. I made it so they couldn't come. Now it's going to get hard. Now you got to go get muddy and dirty and smelly and hot and get those on the margins and they get to sit at the head table and have as much to eat as they want to. That's harder than doing what we've always done. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what we should be doing. And and I'm a little biased about that. But I kind of look and I go, the clock is ticking for us. And let's do the hard work now. Another track for me, I think, will be refugees. Phoenix has become a landing place. The world's coming here. What is it? Central High School, 82 languages spoke? 55 different countries or some yeah. crazy number. And I have friends who teach there and they do, they do an English studies class and the whole no one can speak English. It's just basically how to ride the bus and what a dollar is at Central High School. Right. Um, and so, yes, the world's coming here. So I'm really glad we're doing world mission. If we did city mission, we'd reach the world. world. And and so that's a track for me. And so talking about how do we welcome the alien and the stranger who's a refugee. Um, if By the way, if, if you actually talk to a refugee, uh, which I try to do sometimes, um, it's awful stories. These are, these are people who have experienced incredible trauma. Let me just say it this way. If suddenly we were bombed and we had to make our way to Guatemala because Guatemala was a sanctuary for us and we do it. And one-tenth of us make it. I wouldn't make it. And then we show up, and we, in English, because that's what we speak, say to the people who only speak Spanish, hey, I was awesome back there. No, trust me. I was a thing. I had a business and a house and a marriage. And they're like, why aren't you speaking Spanish? That's what we speak here in Guatemala. And get get in line. Oh, my. Mm. That, I don't know the answers. I just know the reality. And where I my house lives, it is like refugee corridor, mm. and it, just go to 19th Avenue and Camelback. I mean, it's like it's like the UN is getting on the light rail. Well, I hope the church is in the front of that world. Well, I think I, wouldn't it be great if churches were at the airport welcoming those people? Yeah, it, I we're trying, but what if that was one of those things? And so any of those issues I brought up, sorry to get rambling. Uh, those are the things that. I think we have the opportunity to be a little more strategic about. I talk about the fact that we serve a multifaceted God, and he created multifaceted people. We're created in his image, right? And what you were talking about, uh, the younger generation, you got to do it my way. You know, uh, one of my the jokes that I've, my old guy jokes is, get off my lawn. Yeah, Anytime sure. I start talking and I right. sound like that guy, I, 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 I'll say that out loud to remind myself right. you're being an idiot. You're the old grumpy guy. And I'm the old grumpy guy. Right. You know, you know, you're such Clint, a, why Eastwood, are, you're Clint why are, Eastwood in Grand Torino. Right. You know why I mean? are like, they doing that? And then I'll catch myself <laughs> and it's like, get off my lawn, you know, just to make sure that I remember what it was like to be on the other end of that yeah. get off my lawn. Right? Right. Well, <laughs> I'm, I said it earlier, but let me say it this way. It, it's really hard once you've come into something Hmm. To not think you deserved it. Oh, wow. Um, That's good. You didn't have it, and then you're given it, and now you think it's yours. Yeah. Um, whatever it would be, I'm a Christmas special. present, I'm whatever. an award, 
And and what's crazy about it in God's economy is you're right. You didn't deserve it, but God gave it to you for someone else. Yeah, but he gave it to me. Yep, to give it. Mm -hmm. And so all the resource that we've been given in God's economy, because God kind of looks at eternity and goes, you think your life's long? You're right. Uh, I'm I'm handing you resources so that those who don't have them can get them through you. But it's so hard once you get it to think, nailed it. I've nailed life. Look how resourced and awesome I am. Hold on loosely. That's what he tells us, right? It's not for us. It, you know, it's you've heard these before, but the, the the kingdom of God isn't a reservoir. It isn't like stale water in a pond that the fish all die. You scoop out. It's a roaring river, and it and it, we can put our toe in. We can be a part of it. We can take some, but it, it's it's flowing. There's no dams on this river, and that's when we start to dam it and aqueduct, and then here's my share of the kingdom, and don't let anyone get in our water. We're going to run out. We run out because it evaporates. But if we just let the river flow, there's plenty for everyone. But we forget, and we feel entitled, and we're human. Mm-hmm. God's hilarious the way that he would even use us, but he right. does. I am the, so amazed at the, the blessing that I have. And I look at what God's called me to do. I, you know, this is one of the most egocentric professions <laughs> that a 14-year-old could be called to, right? I mean, a 14-year-old back when we were 14... Radio was kind of a big right. deal, right? I mean, I, and I was going to be a big deal. Were there TVs when we were born? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think radio. we had TVs. Uh, Lindbergh has made now, it to Paris. <laughs> now, for me, the most exciting thing I can do is this. Get on here, turn, have Bill turn the mics on, and you talk about what God's getting ready to do or what God's been doing or what God's given you vision for. I can do that every day. It's like kind of it's kind of the lineup. You know what we get to do today? We get to play baseball. You know, <laughs> we get to live. We get to live. <laughs> we get to the be life alive. He's created for us. I've said this here, uh, but I, it reminds me again when I hear about the biosphere. So the <laughs> biosphere in Tucson was an attempt to contain life, mm-hmm. to prove that we as humans we can, can contain life. We can, and we can it put happen. it on Mars. We can put it anywhere because we're awesome. Aren't look at us. And so they build this thing, and not to burst your bubble if you're going to the biosphere on a field trip, uh, it didn't work. Uh, they Huge fail. It, and stuff you wouldn't the, have ever thought of. Plants fell over. The animals died. The water got stale. Because containing life kills it. All of those things need the environment to live. Trees need the wind. Or, or the roots don't grow. Fall or they over. just rot and fall over. So I hate to display the metaphor out, but I can't help myself. When the church is like the biosphere, yeah, it die. becomes stale and it dies. And that challenge of let's open the doors to the environment. Oh, no, we're going to get them on us and that thing. And Yep. And you'll find life and it will be messy and not how you would like it to look. It'll be better. What's really cool for me, too, is that I get to throughout the day on KPXQ. There are a lot of different theologies that are brought forth in the teachings. Yeah, exactly. Right? There's a lot. Isn't that cool? I get to listen to all of them. I don't agree with all of them all the time, but am I blessed every single day? Those are our brothers and sisters. You betcha. That's awesome. You betcha. We're going to close out with prayer here next. 
This is Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360. KPXQ, or hope is always on. What? This is like having a birthday party for me all over again. Billy Thraw in studio. Did, did it feel like an hour to you? No, that's fun. Yeah? That was really fun. Thanks that for That means me maybe back. you'll come back. I'll come back. I'm excited. I'm honored uh, to be here. Movement Day, I know you've pricked some hearts today, and they go, wow, I think I'm supposed to be a part. What do they do? Uh, you can email me. You can, go to, you can go to movementday.com and check out what's happening in New York and then see the Phoenix story as it gets built. Uh, you can email me, bthrall at nycleadership.com. So bthrall at nycleadership.com or email Tom Brown and he can give it to you. That's always easy. Tom at faithtalk1360.com. Uh, I love having you pray for the city. Let's do it. Uh, God, it is a privilege to even talk about being a part of what you're doing because you are such an amazing, loving, gracious, rescuing God. And then you call us to that same work. What a gift. So we are going to pray an amazing request that we would see like Jesus sees, that when he was on top of the hill and looked and he was filled with compassion, that that's how we would see our city that we would see our next-door neighbor with compassion. We would see our city with compassion. And then, God, I pray again, uh, make Arizona famous for Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a lot of other things we could put in our history books, but may it be that Jesus did a work in our city. We want to see it in our homes, in our communities, in our churches, in our businesses, that we said the people of God did the works of God and that Jesus is glorified. So God bless us, and thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, Billy, I'm counting the moments till you're back again. All right? <laughs> Thanks, man. So uh, what a delight. Here. And tomorrow, another friend of yours is going to talk about uh, helping boys thrive. I bet Terry Lynn's coming in. Uh, if she's not... <laughs> then she's definitely going to be a part of it in some way. But Tim's going to be here. Oh, great. Pastor uh, And Michael's going to be here. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Dr. Gurian, fantastic. So it's going to be another great show. That's tomorrow on Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.